0: Welcome into Doris Burke, ESPN's NBA analyst and Gaudy Award winner at the Basketball Hall of Fame, of course, and and a good friend. Uh, Doris, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, Woj. I'm uh, I'm doing quite well now, to be perfectly honest with you.
0: Well, <laughs> I've well, had an
1: interesting couple of weeks, which is part of why we're talking.
0: Let's get right into it, Doris. You you had reason to believe that you needed to get a test for the coronavirus. You did that, and and walk us through what what happened next.
1: Right. Well, I mean, let's just start with the headline, which is I did test positive for COVID-19. And basically, my first symptom, looking back on it now, Adrian, uh, was was March 11th, which was the day I was broadcasting uh, Denver at Dallas, which was obviously the moment – when when Rudy Gobert tested positive, which set off the the ensuing series of events, you know what's interesting for me, and what I would hope that people would know, um, because like most Americans, I think I'm, you know, I had been tuning in and reading and trying to understand, you know, what symptoms were, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, on March 11th, I remember sitting at lunch with my broadcast crew for that evening, when you know, very standard for us to have a lunch production meeting. And I looked at my colleague Ryan Rucco and Ian Roke, my producer, and I just man i am I am so tired right now, and my head is pounding And looking back, those were my symptoms, and we've heard so much, Adrian, about shortness of breath, fever, tightness in your chest, chills, body aches, et cetera. For me, march eleventh was was really looking back, and that really was my primary symptom throughout this was this extraordinary fatigue you know I took an aspirin that day I felt better I went about the normal business of trying to prep for the game do the game Thursday morning en route to the airport I you know had another headache I had been so tired on that Wednesday that I looked at Ryan luco and said you know I think I should fly back I think I should call ES- ESPN and ask can I switch my flights And go directly to Los Angeles and rest for a couple of days, as opposed to what I was originally going to do, which is fly back east on that Thursday, and then fly back to Los Angeles on Saturday morning, because I had a Sunday-Monday, Laker game Sunday, Clipper game Monday, and then I was going to red-eye back home. And uh, by the time Saturday the 14th hit, Adrian, I was so tired that I, if I tried to get out of bed from Saturday the 14th through Tuesday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, I kid you not, I could not be out of bed for five minutes without needing to go back to bed and lay down. And it was that Tuesday, St. Patrick's Day, I was thinking, boy, I don't have any of the normal symptoms, but I thought to myself, it, it seems to me I should probably get tested. And my daughter is an attorney. Her fiancé is an attorney. They had come to me on that Thursday. And my daughter's fiancé's mom was a nurse for many years and was a nurse educator. And she was quite concerned, obviously, that perhaps I had, through all the travels, et cetera, possibly been exposed. and, uh, And made the decision that Tuesday night, St. Patrick's Day, to go down to a local city hospital in Philadelphia and get tested. And that's exactly what I did.
0: Doris, was there initially, like you said, you feel that fatigue and being tired, and and I imagine you're trying to line up the symptoms of what you're reading about and what a doctor or a nurse might tell you, and obviously trying to see what lined up for you. Was there a sense of, I know there's a shortage of tests. Should I go in and get tested? How did you process that mentally on um, that St. Patrick's night to say, I'm going to go do this?
1: Sure, because, you know, you, you, you're you aware of the shortage of tests and you have that moral dilemma as a person and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I, and at the time they were saying, if you are symptomatic, that perhaps you should get tested as opposed to people who obviously, or, or they maybe had a mild test. I had gotten to the point now, because in my mind, I went back to the first day I had the headaches. And it just it just the the concern of my fiance's mom, who obviously is in the medical profession and somebody I have great respect for, you know, her level of concern and the the fact that obviously our job requirement is such that we we are on airplanes where we hear people cough and sneeze. We are in incredibly close proximity a month prior to. That game on March 11th happened to be a particularly hectic one for me travel wise. I was doing the show get up. Uh, I was doing my normal games, you know, one to two a week. So I was not spending very much time in my apartment here in, you know, the Philly area. And so I just thought I, I started to believe, even though my symptoms did not seem to line up with the typical symptoms. I believed, given the nature of my profession, the number of people I encounter, that I did in fact have exposure to the virus. And I believed for the sake of, you know, the two people that have, you know, they're both attorneys. My daughter's, you know, works for a city judge and her, you know, city hall shut down. Her fiance works for an incredibly large firm here in Philadelphia. His firm, they are, you know, essentially working remotely. So they came here to be with me and I knew then that perhaps I I guess I wanted the answer to have I exposed these two individuals. So I, I, I went down to the hospital in the city and I, I need to just say this. The people who took care of me at that hospital were professional, they were efficient, they were protected in terms of their, you know, personal protective gear. They were kind, compassionate. And they did everything, Woj. I had mm-hmm. swabs for both both A and B type flu and the second swab for the coronavirus. And, you know, they did a chest x-ray, an EKG, and thankfully all of those things, my oxygen levels, all of my respiratory, everything was in order. And what they communicated, both the nurse and the physician who attended me, you know, they made it clear And I should say I had a a mild fever. I believe the highest my fever ever went was 99.6. So this idea that 100.4 is the threshold, what they're learning, and they're learning about this every day, they, both those professionals, medical professionals said, we are learning about the virus. So while there are any number of symptoms that may come, and it seems to, you know, could be working in different bodies in different ways. And so... I just I'm incredibly thankful to the professionals at this hospital, and uh, and for the care I got. and And the test was supposed to take three to five days. In fact, it took eight. It took eight days. I just got confirmed on Wednesday night of this week. Even though you know, I have now been symptom free. I have had no symptoms. I have felt like myself. I've started to. You know, <laughs> disinfect my house and launder absolutely everything inside. And but, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm I'm so incredibly thankful to be feeling well. To be honest with you, Adrian.
0: Yeah, yeah Doris, uh, that that was going to be my next question. The, the gap between the when you took the test to when you were uh, you got the results back. Did you get any maybe an emotional relief or peace of mind from the fact that your symptoms were lessening as the time? went on you you weren't feeling as ill as you had when you initially uh started traveling uh back east
1: yeah i mean number one um you know it was the local physician and internist with the local hospital that called me to tell me that my test was positive and then yesterday um you know the health department of my particular county here in pennsylvania you know called me and uh You know, I had the sense they were a little bit apologetic that the test results took so long. To be honest with you, I once I had started to read that these symptoms were, um, you know, you learn through the process of, you know, reading and hearing Dr. Fauci speak and all, all the, you know, typical ways that, in fact, symptoms are coming in a lot of different forms. So, the delay in the test results actually allowed me to wrap my mind around the idea that I did have this. And listen... I basically was in my own bedroom by myself for two weeks away from my daughter and her fiance. My daughter obviously was the one cooking the meals, bringing me everything. Um, And we're going to continue to social distance. I am out of my room. Thank God. It's nice to be in shared common space, even if I'm (laughs) six feet away from both people in my home. But, you know, we continue to do all safe practices, self quarantine, um, along the the necessary timeline. And, uh, Yeah, I just I, I cannot begin to express to you the feeling of gratitude I have for health and the concern, and I just would want people to know it's important to social distance and to continue to function with all good practices of hand washing, wiping down surfaces. Whatever your trusted medical professional are telling you, please, please follow those, because I would hate to think, Roach. Um, and now who knows, uh, you know, it's funny, the the, uh, the person from the health department, when I explained what I did for a living, the number of planes, uh, trains, Ubers, taxis, you know, I think they would like to, to track the origin, but in a case like mine, that's
0: almost impossible to do. Yeah, and even new doors. once you get to an arena, uh, and I certainly have witnessed this firsthand, anyone who's been around you, you know, there's somebody who who wants to stop you every few feet and you're kind to do it with everybody, whether it's fans, it's players, coaches, arena workers, who, you know, by going to the same venues over and over, it's understandable why, you know, the league was ready, the NBA was ready to move to games with no fans and that a return to play at some point for not just the NBA, but any professional sport may very likely be, with no fans, and like I think you're you, you, you a, a testament to that, and how you just went about your business, right?
1: Yeah, I, I number one, um, any announcer will tell you it's such a subjective business. You know, one announcer is not someone's cup of tea versus somebody else. It's not uh, such a subjective feeling, and I always am so incredibly appreciative of people who, who when I, they happen to tune in, you know, enjoy you know, the, the commentary and, um, and, and, you know, you think on a broader scale, like I never turned down a picture or handshake or, and I think obviously moving forward, I don't know how that works. Obviously the league has got some very difficult and pressing questions that have to be answered. And, um, you know, I think I will certainly acknowledge those fans and, uh, but for their own safety. And I would think the players have got to make these decisions moving forward because I obviously, my my thoughts immediately, when I started to feel poorly, the first thing I did was text. And as soon as I, especially once I decided to get tested and thinking, oh my goodness, I I have this COVID-19, was call every single person that I worked with. And, you know, you're typically on a text chain with your broadcast partners anyway. But I called our stat man who was two seats over from me so yeah, it's going to be interesting how, how how these athletes handle this moving forward. And, um, and I know that I'm going to acknowledge those fans, but I think for a while if safe practices would dictate if we get back into arenas, things might
0: might be different. Doris, I, I want to get back to that for a minute because I think that's obviously very important. You made it a point to reach out to those who you were in contact with what what is that like to do? Is that is that a more of an emotional exercise than you might have imagined it would be? Just sharing that information with somebody and suggesting to them that they, you know, obviously they maybe need to be even more vigilant or need to be aware of the, obviously the time they spent with you.
1: You know, it's interesting. Like I I was my I was a little I wanted to describe it as heart sick, like almost like that sick to your stomach feeling. Like oh my god, you know, I I don't know when I. It is impossible for me to know, and there are so many people who are asymptomatic who are spreading this, and this is why the social distancing is important. So, like, did I give it to one of my colleagues? Did one of my colleagues give it to me? Did this happen on a plane? You know, I took an Uber ride with the director on the show the night because he too lives here in the Philly area. How about this, Woj? One of our great cameramen is a Philadelphia area native. He happened to be in Dallas working a, a soccer event for ESPN, but Mm -hmm. our seats on the plane were directly across the aisle. Mm -hmm. And so then I had to reach out to this man and say, Hey, I got tested. And then when I got my positive test, even though he wasn't on my show, it is my responsibility to contact anybody that I came into contact with to make sure they know. And you're, you're upset. You're, you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I don't want to make somebody else sick with something that is, you know, can be life threatening and yeah, so it's it's unnerving, it's disconcerting, it's uncomfortable, but you call everybody and to their incredible great credit. You know, I have incredible colleagues and every single one of them was really I could tell in their text, their primary concern was, Are you okay? Like that's the kind of people I work with are you okay? Are you okay? That was the refrain every single day, every text, even in the aftermath. And, you know, I know they had anxiety. It's normal. We're all feeling that anxiety of of everything that's implicit in, in what we're now experiencing.
0: Doris, what are you learning now, or what have you been, what have you been trying to learn about having the fact that you've tested positive for the COVID-19, you have uh, you know, it's maybe essentially cycled through the symptoms and what that does for your body, what that means for you moving forward. What 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 do you tr- what have you learned about that so far as you've studied this and talked to doctors?
1: Yeah, right. Uh, you know, I remember tweeting one day when I didn't see Dr. Fauci at the White House briefing, and I, yeah. I'm not a big social media person. I, I, I was going to ask
0: you, usually it's just Providence <laughs> Basketball on your Twitter, right? Correct. Providence Basketball, men's, women's. And so it, yeah. it did create quite a stir, Doris, when you, when you tweeted that. Um, but go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Any, any Providence College athletics thing, I'm, that is my primary social media content. But I, I just was, I just remember watching that thinking, I want Anthony Fauci on my TV. I want him speaking facts to me. I want him telling me the truth. And, uh, you know, my, our colleague Ryan Rucco, um, as I was trying to look on the bright side, I'm thinking, well, I've come through it. You know, I now have the immunity. I heard Dr. Fauci say it was Bernard McGurk's uh, radio program on ABC Radio in New York that Ryan Rucco had texted me the audio of where he said, you know, we believe. And again, they are learning stuff every day. So we'll see what ultimately comes of this. But one of the things Dr. Fauci said and one, one other infectious disease doctor had said, basically, we believe you now have immunity. And in fact, one of the things I would like to do, because I have read this, Adrian, is that my body has now produced antibodies. So what I would like to know is, should I go, na- go donate blood or plasma so that if in some way, you know, this could help people, if it could help find some sort of vaccine. So that is on my docket to do is to is to research and discover, should I go donate blood or plasma in the hopes that somehow this helps somebody down the line.
0: Doris, that's uh, that's tremendous. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this. I think it's going to be instructive for a lot of people, and more importantly, I think it's going to be, you know, for the people out there and, and the many of pe- many people, uh, especially in our audience, who, who care about you and uh, are fans of you, and those of us who know you and love you, we're thrilled. You're feeling better. You've made it through uh, what was obviously a difficult. Uh, stretch of time and, and obviously many others are in this country are facing you know, some very difficult dark times Doris thanks for taking the time and, and, and I know we'll talk soon
1: Adrian thank you so much for, for letting me share my story and uh, and for having me I really appreciate it
0: you got it